You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. All right, Ephesians 5 this evening. So good to see each of you here tonight and uh, look forward to a good service. Appreciate uh, your faithfulness. Uh, sometimes I want to ask the question, you know, how many of you really wanted to come tonight? You know, we, a lot of times we come because we want to come. I mean, you could argue that that's the only reason we ever come is because we want to come. But a lot of times we can struggle with that, right? Uh, you can start thinking of excuses and reasons why not to come. Uh, you can be kind of down in the dumps, um, whatever, having a bad day. You lost your temper. You did something else and you just think, man... I just don't feel like going. But, you know, a lot of times those are the times that we really need to come the most, uh, that we need to come the most. And so, uh, so I appreciate your faithfulness here tonight because I know that that's always the case. And we look forward to um, continuing this message we started a week before last in Ephesians chapter number 5. And I just want to begin once again by reading verse number 18, Ephesians 5, 18, where the Bible says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So this is a continuation of the message on power for living. Power for living. Uh, we, of course, saved by God's grace is a wonderful thing, but that's not the end of it. As a child of God, not only do we need to be saved, but we need to be saved and we need to be Spirit-filled. Spirit-filled. And the, the power and the working of the Holy Spirit of God in our hearts and in our lives is the way that we will be uh, have the power to live this life as God would see fit. Unfortunately, I, I fear that there's way too many Christians that fail to realize this. We may realize that we are children of God and we may just... There's too many people, I think, sometimes if we're not careful, we can get the idea that it's up to us to live this life. It's up to us to figure it out. Uh, man, thank God I'm saved and now it's up to my own energy and my own wisdom and, and my own understanding. When God says, no, I've given, a, I've given you the Holy Spirit of God, I've given you the power. And we, we started the last lesson about giving an illustration of this, uh, you know, one of the best computers on the market today. But the fella uh, had it all set up, was so excited about getting it, but he couldn't get it to function correctly. And he couldn't get it to function at all. And we talked about calling the help desk. And one of the very first things those people are instructed to ask is, is it plugged in? Or is the power on? And sure enough, the, it was not plugged in. And that's what's wrong with a lot of Christians. If we're not being successful in our Christian lives, and I want you to understand something. We talk about being Spirit-filled. We'll mention this again in just a moment, but the fact of how practical it is. Yes, if I'm going to be a preacher and teacher of God's Word, uh, I need to be Spirit-filled. If I'm going to uh, be a witness for Christ, I need to be Spirit-filled. But let me tell you something. If I'm going to be the dad that I'm supposed to be, the Bible says I need to be Spirit-filled. If I'm going to be the husband... That God would have me to be. If you are going to be the, the, the man or woman, the boy or girl, I'm talking about from day to day, the employee, whatever it is, you need to be Spirit-filled. <clears throat> uh, if we're going to be able to truly do all to the glory of God. Now, a couple of things that I want to just try to uh, visit and uh, recover very quickly, and that is to say this, 
a couple of things to understand is this, that when it comes to being spirit-filled, there's a lot of people that make another mistake, and that's the mistake of thinking they need more of God. <clears throat> they need more of God. Now, it gets people's attention when I tell them that you do not need more of God. The, the issue is that God needs more of us. When I got saved by grace, I mean, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I mean, I, God does not come in pieces, amen? God, when the Holy Spirit of God moved into my heart and life, that's all the Holy Spirit I will ever have in my life. And that's the same with you. So it's not that we need more of God. It, need, it means that God needs more of us. We need to give God more of us if we want to see God working in a greater way in our lives. And so it's not that we need more of God. It, it means it, it's that God needs more of us. And so throughout Ephesians, we looked at several verses uh, where the Bible says that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise in Ephesians 1.13 verse 17 talks about the spirit of wisdom. Uh, verse 18 of chapter 2 talks about having access by the Spirit. Ephesians 2.22 says we're a habitation of God through the Spirit. So God lives in us through the Spirit. Uh, Ephesians 3.16, strengthened with the Spirit. Uh, unity of the Spirit, Ephesians 4.3. Ephesians 4.23, renewed in the Spirit of your mind. And then a very important one on the topic of being Spirit-filled is, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And so uh, a lot other verses actually that mention the working of the Holy Spirit throughout the book of Ephesians. A couple things I'll say about the Holy Spirit of God and the filling of the Holy Spirit of God, the power for living. Number one, the Holy Spirit was promised. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come when He went away. And everybody that's saved, the Bible tells us in the, in the book of Romans chapter number 8, it says, if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So if, if the Holy Spirit does not dwell within you, that means simply that you are not saved. But if you are saved, the Holy Spirit does indeed dwell within you. The Bible never commands a Christian to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Or it never commands a Christian to be sealed with the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because the moment that we were saved, we were baptized with the Holy Spirit. We were sealed with the Holy Spirit. All those things happened the moment that we were saved by God's grace. However, the Bible does say that we need to be filled with the Spirit. So we see that the Spirit was promised. We see that the Spirit also, the, the filling, the power for living, being filled with the Holy Ghost of God is also practical. Notice what the Bible goes on to say in verse number 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a key verse, verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Then verse 22 speaks of wives submitting to husbands. Uh, verse 25 talks about husbands loving their wives. Chapter 6 verse 1 talks about children obeying their parents in the Lord. And then it goes on to talk about uh, fathers and mothers not provoking their kids to wrath. You go on in chapter number 6, it talks about our work life. In other words, uh, um, 
Uh, t- tells us not to uh, do what we do for eye service, but that we do the will of God from the hearts. And so, in other words, being spirit-filled is practical. In other words, it works into every area of our lives. And, and Lord willing, on next week, we'll talk a little bit more about the get into the husband and wife thing as we continue in these verses. Uh, and then, of course, it is important that the, the filling of the Holy Spirit of God is prescribed. In other words, God commands us to be filled with the Spirit. And then the filling of the Holy Spirit of God is powerful. It is powerful. I mean, can you imagine a... A, a beautiful, restored hot rod of some sort without an engine in it. See, there's a lot of people, the Bible actually warns, and it's speaking most about false teachers, but it warns about people that will have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. One of the things that we uh, are not about around here is having a form, right? But I'm telling you, we can fall into that if we're not careful. Uh, you, you may figure out, what does a Christian supposed to look like? What, is, what are you supposed to look like? What are you supposed to act like? And you just start acting like that. And you know how to put on the mask and you know how to put on the face. Uh, But listen, it's not about having a form of godliness. It's about being godly. It's about having the power, not denying the power thereof. And so uh, the question for the child of God is, if you aren't working right, and if your life is not working right, you might better check, is the power on? (laughs) Is the power on? That question of that, uh, that tech that's trying to help you out, hey, you better check and see if it's plugged in. Are you defeated? Are you falling well short of what God would have you to be as a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl? You might want to check to see if you're plugged in or not. Because that's the problem. We're not plugged in. See, we all... Now, we're looking at a lot of people around here that are, were born sinners. And that we are, we have a sinful nature. We all, we talk about our personalities, our temperaments. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. But I'll tell you one thing we all share, and that is the old nature. That flesh. And I'm telling you what, we are going to have that with us until the day that we die. We're going to battle and struggle till the day that we die. And we need and we have the power of the Holy Spirit of God to be able to come, overcome and be that which God would have us to be. And so, uh, I love this about the powerful part. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, Acts 4, 13, uh, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. See, Christians, this world, this church, needs people that are born again and have the power of God in their lives. And our spirit filled. Why? Because it'll make a difference. I like what the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7.14. You hear that a lot around revival and even some uh, uh, patriotic services. But it says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. And it goes on. But I like the, the, the way that starts off. It says, if my people who are called by my name. It does not say, if my people who call themselves after my name. It says, if my people who are called by my name. What do people call you? (laughs) What do people call you? Man, I want to live the type of life to where I am called after His name. 
See, those, the, the early church were called after His name. Why? Because the Bible says they were called Christians first in Antioch. Why? They, in other words, that, that, was, that was meant derogatory, as many of you are aware. That was meant to put them down. Look at them little Christ imitators. Look at the little, they're trying to be little Jesus out there. Uh, well, you know what? And they just say, well, that's fine with us because that is what we want. But it's not just us trying. See, the Bible says in Galatians 2.20, uh, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but, uh, but uh, Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. And what he's saying is, I have died to self. Paul, never get the idea if you look at what you perceive to be a great Christian, a successful Christian. Don't just look at that person and think to yourself, well, I guess they're just a different breed. They're just a little more special. They have something that I don't have. If you're saved, they have exactly what you have. And it's not a what you have, it's a who you have. It's the power of the Holy Spirit of God. God makes it. See, God made a change in the lives of those men that we mentioned there in the book of Acts. And so uh, we, we see the powerful nature. Now, that's kind of where we stopped off on last week, or the week before last. But now we will uh, continue on with some thoughts here. Now... There's an interesting parallel and kind of a comparison that God uh, Himself draws between being drunk and being Spirit-filled. By the way, I was really, I, I actually went and studied some statistics here because I was wanting to make a point to, to emphasize what God says about drunkenness. Um, I'm not going to do that because that's not, not the message. Uh, but I do just want to say about being drunken, man, it is amazing when you look at the people, for instance, that are uh, either uh, kill people or just different violent crimes, the people that are in prison uh, that were intoxicated. Uh, while they, when they did the things that they did. Uh, you know, they don't show too many uh, beer commercials that way or alcohol commercials, do they? Somebody getting liquored up and go wiping out a family or somebody getting liquored up and getting addicted and going home and beating their kids and not bringing the groceries home, you know. That's not normally what you see on the commercials. As a matter of fact, I'm sure you never see that on the commercials. It's a, it's a lot of good-looking people having a really good time, but they don't show the reality of what it really means. But uh, again, that's a whole other message. Uh, but I want to say that God draws this parallel between being drunk and spirit-filled. Notice what the Bible says. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So uh, there's, there's something I want to say about this, about being spirit-filled. One of the key things is this. There's a decision involved. See, a lot of people just, I mean, you know, okay, Lord, send this, this cloud down and fill me with the Spirit. No, the Spirit lives with inside. There's a decision that's made. See, the drunk makes a deliberate decision to consume intoxicating drink. Then he drinks until he becomes drunk. At this point, his behavior begins to change. You see the parallel? Men who when sober were timid, when drunk become belligerent and pugnacious. When drunk, men who are hard as nails become sentimental and tearful. When drunk, friendly men may become morose or ill-tempered. Uh, whenever they're intoxicated. And so there is a decision that's made. 
And there's a difference that's made. So there's a decision. In other words, being Spirit-filled, in essence, is a decision. It's a choice that we make. I mean, He tells us to be filled with the Spirit. So we need to say, okay, Lord, I want You to fill me. But there's obviously some, a few things involved there. Number one, we think about dedication versus half-heartedness. We can't be just nonchalant about wanting to be filled with the Spirit. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. Galatians 2.20, I just mentioned a moment ago, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. In other words, he said, I am laying down my life. That's why Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, he's talking to people who are already saved. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is he saying there? He's saying, if we're going to be spirit-filled, we need to surrender. We We need to make a decision because... Whether people realize it or not, when they are taking of, partaking of alcohol, in a sense, and in essence, they are surrendering to that. Especially the more that they partake of. We need to be willing to say, Lord, I give it all. You know, in other words, surrender to God. Surrender to God. Whatever, God, whatever you want me to do, whatever... Um, a lot of times we, you know, the Bible talks about in, in one place that people perish for a lack of knowledge. Sometimes in our situations, it's not a lack of knowledge. It's us not doing and, and responding correctly to the things that we do know. What has God told you to do that you're not doing? Think about that. Sometimes, And it could be this. You know, I don't know on a Wednesday night crowd. There are times that it is, what are we doing that, that we know good and well we ought not to be doing? Okay, that's one side of it. But another side of it is, what is it that we know we're supposed to be doing that we're not doing? And then we stop and wonder, why do I not have power? Why am I not being successful in my Christian life? Because... When we we grieve the Holy Spirit of God, when He tells us and leads us through the Word of God to do something, in other words, it's there's dedication involved. I mean, we cannot expect to have God's power and blessing on our lives if we're being disobedient to God. Right? Well, I've been obedient in all these other ways. Yeah, but what about what about that one thing? What about that one thing that he asked you to do? What about that one thing that he said not to do? And we try, we try to make up for it for doing everything else. And sometimes that's what people do. When God just says, you know what? You need to make that phone call. You need to write that letter. You need to take that drive. You need to, whatever it is that you need to do. And we put those things off a lot of times. In other words, he wants you to be successful. He wants you to have power in your life. He wants you to have joy in your life. But if we're not willing to be dedicated, uh, because there's something about this dedication part, being filled with the Spirit is not permanent. Now, the Bible says we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God until the day of redemption. So the Bible teaches that we have the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God dwells within us uh, until we get to heaven, until the day of redemption. So being filled with the Spirit of God, having the Spirit of God is permanent. Being filled with the Spirit of God is not permanent. 
Now, the present tense that's used here, when it says, be filled with the Spirit, it's literally, it's, it's, it's the, the present continuous sense. In other words, be ye being filled with the Spirit. Because it's not just a one-time thing and, well, I got that checked off the box. It's a challenge. Why? Because we may be filled with the Holy Spirit one moment and lose it the next. Lose it the next. I mean, we can identify with that, can't we? Things are going good. Man, we're prayed up. We're encouraged up. And all of a sudden, and somebody looks at us crossways or says something to us or, or all of a sudden, and man, that quick. We went from being filled with the Spirit to filled with anger. Or filled with the Spirit to being filled with doubt. Literally, that's, it can happen like that. You say, you sure about that? Yeah, I mean, I think Peter's a good example of that. Uh, and, and, and you know, again, get back to this illustration. Drink, drink, strong drink temporarily transforms personality. But it doesn't last forever. If he wants to remain drunk, he must go seek another filling. The process of continuous filling is all about the Lordship of Christ. As we read and study His Word, the Spirit comes alongside and brings some truth to our attention. So I'll tell you one thing right now. If we're not in the Word, we're not going to be, able, we're not going to be Spirit-filled. We are not going to be plugged in. Let me just assume that we're now in the Word. As we're in the Word and as we're looking and asking for God to reveal His truth, Lord, open up Your Word to me, the Spirit of God will come along and, and, and begin to point some things out in your life. Some truth, some promise, some sin to confess. And it's as we yield ourselves to that revelation. We yield ourselves to whatever it is that God has to say. We yield to His Lordship. And then what happens? We begin to be under the control. It's, it's then that, we can, uh, that He can fill us afresh with power to turn that teaching into practical reality. And that's what God can do through His Word. I mean, as this process continues throughout our pilgrimage in this life, the Holy Spirit enlarges our, our horizons while at the same time deepening our spirituality and enabling us to grow in uh, grace if we are obedient to His voice. Are you plugged in? If you're plugged in, you're plugged in because you're submitting to the Lordship of Christ. You're listening to what you're in his word. You're listening to what he says in his word. There's a very cool parallel passage in the book of Colossians to uh, verse number uh, Ephesians 5:18. I think it's Colossians 3:20. I want to show this to you quickly. Yep, that's not it. Okay, there we go. Verse 16 is it. All right, Colossians 3:16. Look at this with me quickly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And if you read these verses, it begins to explain some of the exact same things of Ephesians 6. What's the difference? Ephesians 5.18 says, Be filled with the Spirit. And this will be the result. 
Colossians 3.16 says, Be filled with the Word. And this will be the same result. In other words, folks, the Spirit-filled life is the Scripture-filled life. Get in the Word. Grow in the Word. Learn the Word. Memorize the Word. Be obedient uh, to the Word of God. And as we do this, we can be filled with the Spirit of God. We just need to remember that it's an ongoing process. And it's our part to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us through His Word um, and have His anointing uh, if we are to continually be being filled. Because remember, that's the idea. It's not just a one-time thing. It's a continuous action. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Lord of every thought and action. Lord to send and Lord to stay. Lord in speaking, writing, giving. Lord in all things to obey. Lord of all there is of me, now and for eternity. See, sin or self short circuits the process of being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Sin or self. A person can be filled just like Peter that I mentioned earlier. There was a moment where he was on the Mount of Transfiguration and man, he spoke by God and he was so excited but then the next thing you know he spoke up and he spoke ignorantly. There was a time when Paul spoke up or when Peter spoke up and said, uh, Lord, we believe you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And in the same conversation, he forbids uh, Christ to go to the cross. But folks, it's the cross. It's by way of the cross. That we will be Spirit-filled. Paul wrote, be filled with the Spirit. When we lose the infilling of the Spirit, we need a fresh, we need a fresh filling. We need to have a, uh, we need to find our way back to the cross. We must come back in repentance with confession to the gracious Spirit of God and the Lord and beg His pardon and ask for His pardon for we have grieved and ask for cleansing and for a fresh filling. Thank God that we don't lose the Holy Spirit of God. You know what the Bible says? You know what the psalmist even said after he had sinned with Bathsheba and with Uriah? Uh, he literally said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation or of thy salvation. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He didn't pray for salvation to be restored. He prayed for the joy of his salvation to be restored. See, when the truth when, when, when the truth about the filling of the Holy Spirit of God is revealed to us, we've got to choose whether or not we will yield to the Spirit. Because it's, it's not just a nonchalant kind of thing. It's a pretty serious thing to say, Lord, I yield. I mean, how many, how many among us today can say, Lord, I surrender all? Lord, if there's anything in my life that you do not want there, well, a lot of times we say, take it. And that's one thing. But then we could say, Lord, I'll give it. I'll place it on the altar. Or, Lord, if there's anything that you, you want that's not there, if there's anything that you want to add that I don't have, Lord, I want to add that. God, if there's anything you want me to do, if there's anything you want me to say, if there's anywhere you want me to go, God, I'll go anywhere. As God's child, we should all be able to say that today. Lord, I, I trust you with this. 
I trust you. But can you? You can, but do you? Are you plugged in? Because if you're not plugged in, it may be because we are not willing to truly submit to Christ. And, we, and truly say, Lord, I give it all. I give it all. Um, and, and not make excuses. And, not, and, and you know, a lot of times there's things that we could do that we try to put on God. There's some things, there's times, has any of this ever happened to somebody else? God has clearly laid on my heart something that He wanted me to do. Or give up. Or what have you. And then I would come and pray. And I, I, I mean, I'd come to the altar, man. I'm serious. I'm coming to the altar and I'm going to pray. Lord, if you don't want this in my life, I pray you'll take it from me. Help me to quit wanting to do it. Right? Or, or something like that. Amen. Then we get up from the altar and we say, well, I still want to do it, so I guess it's all right. You see, in other words, we, uh, and I tell you, it's getting worse and worse. Human nature does not like personal accountability. And now we live in a time to where uh, it's like our culture breeds a rejection of person. People are almost taught uh, that they don't have to, that it's always somebody else's fault or it's always somebody else's responsibility. But as God's people, we need to stop and say, you know what? I just need to own up to this. And Lord, with your grace and help, I'm not going that way anymore. Or with your grace and help, this is something I'm going to add in my life. And that, by the way, that, that is what it takes too is trusting in His grace. See, once the Lordship of Christ is established, there's a process of this continual fear but now what happens when in the ongoing process of fullness that there's failure because that's what the Christian life a lot of times is all about there's fullness and then there's failure why do we fail because we're sinners amen and we've got this sinful nature and man it just seems like I've got a friend that totally despises the song and the stanza particular of the song that says prone to wonder <laughs> Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Uh, because he feels like that's, uh, that shouldn't be the case. And I'm like, man, I'm sorry, but I can identify with that. Pray for me. Uh, because there's fullness and there's failure. And I want to say this. There really is something to be said about being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We, I believe that there's people that have been saved by God's grace that have never been filled with the Holy Spirit of God. They've never experienced that blessing and that power, that and again, we're not talking about, you know, some weird experience or anything like that necessarily. But, so, but just that, that, that feeling of what it is to have that fullness of joy and trust and peace that you aren't holding anything back from God. Man, there's just something about that. And child of God, how many of you know once you, do, once you have that feeling, once you have that power in your life, man, there's something deep inside of you that wants to get back to that. You want to experience that again. And I'm telling you, it really is possible. Uh, and so there's really something for that once that, that, that time when you really surrender all. But I'm telling you, it is a continuous feeling. It's a continuous ongoing process. Now, what do you do in the Christian life when you feel like, what if tonight, some of you, I bet, may have walked in here tonight saying, yeah, I, I believe I'm surrendered. But it could be that the, that the searchlight of the Holy Spirit of God and of His truth has shined on something in your heart or in your life, even in this service tonight. So you walk in and you're like, man, this is great. I love being saved and I love living the Spirit-filled life. And then you sit there and now you're like, ooh, I just discovered something else. And what do you do? What, do you have to start all over again? The good news is, is that you don't. See, 
Are you going to have to present yourself to the Holy Spirit of God all the way over again uh, in, in all of these areas? I think there's a good illustration of this. There was an avid book collector that really loved old books. And he was over at a, a friend's house and he was browsing through his bookshelves when he, when he notices an old battered book. I mean, a frayed cover. I mean, it was just discolored. It was an old book. The casing was cracked. Uh, some of the pages were loose and some were even missing. But his collector's eyes just gleamed as he sees this book. And he asked his friend, he's like, man, how, how long have you had this book? And he says, oh, he said, that old thing, he says, I don't know. He said, he said, it's really of no use to me. He said, it was my father's book. And I'm not really interested in old books. He said, uh, but if you, would, uh, if you would like it, my wife, he said, I kind of forgot about it. But it somehow it came off the shelf when my wife was cleaning. And she picked it up off the floor out from over the chair over there. And if you'd like to, you can have it. And so sure enough, he said, man, I, well, can I pay for it? And he said, no, he said, just, just take it. So he took it, and the only thing he was upset about was he was thinking, man, it'd be nice if this book had all the pages. Just bear with me. If this book had all the pages. Several days later, his friend finds those missing pages. And he comes to him, and he says, hey, you remember that old book I gave you? He says, well, I moved the chair yesterday, and I found more pages. If you give me the book back, we can start all over again. Bring the book to me, I'll put those pages in, then you can ask me again, then I'll give you the book again. That'd make no sense, would it? No, he's already given him all that he had. It just so happens that later he realized, oh, I, fi I found some more that belongs that I haven't given yet. And so all he had to do is just give those pages to him. And that's what we do when God reveals this into our life. You know, some of us like to beat ourselves up, don't we? Some of you like it more than others. Some of you like to beat me up. No, I'm just kidding. Thank God that's not the case. But we like to beat ourselves up. Um, but what we need to do is just, when we recognize, we just say, Oh, Lord, I, I meant to give it all to you. But you just revealed to me today that there's a page that I, that I, that I had that I, that I didn't give. Lord, I want to give this to you right now. Hey, you could, do you know this? I say this, I always think about young people because they get directed to with a lot of this. You can direct, I mean, what God can do with your life. But it's just the same with all of us, isn't it? We can trust Him. We can trust Him with our lives. We can confess and say, Lord, I give it all. And so we could pray a prayer like this. Gracious Holy Spirit, here's an area where I've been holding back what belongs to you. You know the Bible says you're bought with the price? Lord, I've been holding back something that belongs to you. I meant for you to have it all when I first surrendered to you. Please take this area of my life too. So being filled with the Spirit of God, it the, the filling changes us. It makes us something. Listen, when we, when we talk about God wanting to use us and something God wants us to do. And so many times God may be laying on your heart something to do and you think, I could never do that. Well, don't get too hung up on that because it doesn't matter whether or not you could do it. It matters what God can do through you. It matters what the, uh, what the Bible says in the book of Philippians. I can do all things through Christ. All that God wants me to do, I can do through Him. But here's the question, right? As we all stand and as Kim comes, are you plugged in? Are you plugged in?